Hello. Hi. My name is Bernie. And my name is Yasmin. And you're listening to the Fashion Football Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Uh, we just wanted to come on here before the episode starts to let you know to give us a review and to subscribe. Definitely subscribe. If you didn't hear it for the first time, subscribe. We'll say it again. Subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to follow us on our socials. That is at Yes, Isaya on Instagram. And King Bernie with two E's at the end. And of course, the podcast page, which is the Fashion Football Podcast. We made it easier for you. And as always, everything will be in the description below. Right. So we're making it hella easy for y'all. Just click the description down below. Once you're done listening to this, get us on all the socials. Yes. And give us a follow and come join the family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hope you enjoy. Imagine we start the podcast episode with an accent. Could you imagine? That would be so funny. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our first official episode, considering the episode that you guys would have heard before this would have just been our little nine-minute introduction. Today, we are talking about all things imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) now i'm sure a lot of you chiming in are very familiar with this term i feel like it's a term that is used often in the creative space and in the creative industry because a lot of the time most of us who are getting involved in this lifestyle and in this like career path can suffer from this because we don't really feel like there's room for us as well as everyone else who's succeeding, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think one of the main reasons for that is that we're always seeing the same faces Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of industries. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of industries are very white male dominated. Yeah. Um, So it's hard for people who don't necessarily look like that to feel as though there's a space for them. Exactly. Um, but I guess we should start with a definition of imposter syndrome. Yes, so I have it here, conveniently enough. Um, imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades. Damn, I felt that. <laughs> I was I looking at you one. and I'm like, she feels triggered right now. Triggered when I see your face. Triggered. <laughs> I think it's one of those things, especially when you are just getting started. You either you either get started and you're one of those rare people who feels like they've like this is where they were meant to be their whole life and this is what they were meant to be doing their whole life. And then there's the other people who are kind of similar to you and me, where you get into it and you're like, oh damn, like I'm a big fish or not a big fish. Small fish in a big small pond. fish in a big ocean or a big pond. Yeah and you're thinking like is there even room for me do i have a voice in here am i just am i going to be just as successful or am i going to get taken seriously whatever when meanwhile you know we're both really talented and really hard working but we're also human so we like those insecurities have tapped in more than once in our line of work Okay, so when was the last time, or when was the most significant time you felt imposter syndrome? Oh, shite. You know what? I think the most significant time that I felt imposter syndrome was actually before I ever even really fully got into styling, but it was when I was starting my first year in college, Mm. oddly enough. 
to give a bit of background for those who don't know, um, I moved away for school when I was 18 and I went off to study fashion marketing at this college in Montreal. So I moved away from home for school and I had been waiting for like the longest time to finally get into a program or study into something that I always wanted to do, which was fashion. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't going to be fashion, it was going to be um, performance arts. And I chose fashion, but got accepted to both. So at the time when I was doing, when I was in my first semester, I want to say, first semester, maybe more so significantly second semester, but definitely within my first year, like the first like couple months, I was like on this high I was meeting so many people who were like-minded, who like finally had like very similar interests in common where like we could talk about collections and shows that we were seeing and like just stuff about the industry that I couldn't talk about with other friends because they had no clue what I was even referring to. I was on this high because I was meeting so many people who were like-minded and like who had brains that were wired similarly to me. But then the more that we were getting into specific group projects and stuff, I was finding myself, I was like, oh, like, I don't have necessarily experience as much as some of these people would. And also I like, I feel like I had overestimated what my skill set would be when I got into the program. So when I was was noticing that I had like classmates and friends who were like really good at graphics or like with InDesign and Illustrator and like making like these cool mock-ups and stuff, or like who were really strong with the finance classes when it came to buying, merchandising, like, those Mm -hmm. kinds of projects and stuff and meanwhile I was better with like the visuals the copywriting and like I guess the event planning side of things when it came to our program or like the creative aspects that's where I had my strengths but then everything else I was falling really short I found myself falling really short and then at one point I got to it and I had like a whole like mini breakdown in like November (laughs) and that was like what I was only like three months into school and I had a mini breakdown in November being like oh my god like am I supposed to be here right now? Should I be doing this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm as good as the rest of these girls and guys who are in my program. And I was freaking out because I was like, I miss home. I miss my mom. I don't have my childhood friends here. You know, I was making friends at school. That wasn't the problem. But like, I also lived by myself in like a, you know, tiny hallway sized apartment. Uh (laughs) So I was, it was a mix of like imposter syndrome And then what triggered it even more was like the homesickness that was coming from it, like that heightened it more. But I like had a moment for like about a month where I fell into like a mini like depression in November and that kept happening every November, all my three years of school, funny Mm -hmm. enough. But I fell into like a mini depression where I was like, should I even be doing this right now? Like, is this where I'm actually supposed to be? Did I have my parents like waste money on tuition for this? Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking like, should I have listened to my dad and like, accepted the other program into performance arts and do that because that's where I had natural skills instead of going to a program where I had to develop skills. Mm. And then by the time that I left and then came back home for Christmas break or from Christmas break, I was like, I had to give myself a kick in the ass. And I think I had a conversation about it with either a friend or my mom, like about how I felt. And they were like, honestly, like you're just starting. Yeah. And like it's gonna be like this right now and maybe you'll notice in the next couple years that you're in school that some of you know your strengths other people might fall short in and then you'll be able to give them the same piece of advice kind of thing so everyone's gonna have those moments where they feel like they're they might not necessarily feel that they should be there Mm -hmm. but you 
got in, you made the choice to go through with it. So you have to stick it out and you you owe it to yourself to see if this is what you're supposed to do or what, if this resonates with you and if it's meant for you, mm-hmm. you know? No, that makes total sense. So that was probably the most significant time that I felt or that I felt like I had imposter syndrome. But I feel like I've definitely had it since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just on a more minor scale of things. What about you? What was the last... Or when was the last time that you feel like you had a more significant moment of imposter syndrome? Uh, I feel like I deal with that, like, so often. So I don't even know. No, like, I really do. And lately, I think this year I've been doing pretty good and, like, not feeling. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I've not been doing, like, enough work, if that makes sense. Because mm. um, I feel like I've been kind of, like, laid back in terms of working in the styling side yeah. at least i mean you've been really into your craft when it comes to like your social and like your brand and everything yeah. and the podcast yeah so, i've been like, just focusing on other things so styling has been kind of like on the back burner a little bit for for now the whole imposter syndrome thing for me has been like i've always felt like i'm not just a stylist you know and i'm not just like a designer or whatever mm-hmm. um and I never wanted to put myself in that box mm. of just like being that one thing mm-hmm. um but I feel like it was really hard for me to call myself other things and to feel like the skills that I had because like everything that I know and that I do has been self-thought more or less mm-hmm. so that. it's really hard for me to like advocate for my skills and to be like, oh, these are skills that I have. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I should be able to do that because it's slightly more impressive for someone who just learned by themselves. It like, really is. So I guess that's more so, like, the imposter syndrome that I kind of struggle through every day and just, like, being able to call myself the things that I do and be like, yeah, I'm a writer and I do this and I do that. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's harder for me to do that. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, more, the, the very more significant imposter syndrome thing um happened was applying for corporate jobs mm. Ooh. that shit oh my god my ego was so hit by that and yeah. you know you it's can tell tough. that yeah like you can tell that they like you you can tell that they they like what you do and like they admire you because you're I talking about corporate clients and styling right no i'm talking about when i was applying for corporate jobs oh we like just that. corporate jobs yeah. period okay we spoke about this i'm not gonna name yeah the corporate places no i applied to two corporate jobs and I was technically not qualified. In this, and I, when I say qualified, and it's more so in the sense of they were looking for people who had diplomas and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I did not fit in that. I don't have a, a degree in fashion or marketing or whatever. You know who would brand up brands I'm talking yeah, about. I yeah, I know. I know which brands. Um, I am familiar with those <laughs> brands, and they've also rejected me multiple yeah. times. Um, so, yeah, I went through the process, and I got interviews for both of these. Mm-hmm brands and I had multiples and in- multiple interviews and stuff and mm-hmm. to me it was just kind of like I'm grateful for the interview obviously because I'm not technically qualified and I guess there's something of interest if they wanted to talk to me so of often course. yeah um the com- the way sometimes the conversation goes like they acknowledge your talent they acknowledge your passion they acknowledge you know the the value that you could bring the drive you and have. stuff but then yeah. you you're kind of that the thing that I struggle most with is like not really knowing the reason why I wasn't picked and that's mm. kind of like yeah the harder part because I'm such a problem solver like if there's an issue tell me what the issue is mm-hmm. and I'll find a solution type thing 
And so it's kind of hard to move forward when you're applying for these jobs or these positions and you're being rejected, but you're not sure what was the, the reason. Story right? of my life, bro. And like you, you're kind of like left to just wonder and like thoughts. question and like being yep. your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of made the decision to like not try to make sense out of things that don't make sense and to not assume and to not ask questions that I can't answer myself. Yep. And I feel like that kind of gives me a sense of peace. And it kind of helps with like my imposter syndrome and it helps with other areas of my life. I tell Yasmin this shit all the time. <laughs> don't make sense out of things that don't make sense and don't assume, don't ask questions that she you She literally had answer. to tell me this recently yeah. for different reasons. I tell like... my friends that all the time. I tell myself that all the time. And I swear to God, it's like a lifesaver. It makes no it changes a lot of things, but I definitely feel like one thing about imposter syndrome because a lot of the times it's just not either not feeling like you're qualified for the position mm-hmm. or feeling like you're not sure why you weren't picked and that kind of like why why not me yeah and that kind of yeah. brings about like questioning your skills and mm-hmm. am I good enough for this and that and like to you be start honest, to get into a like a doubt mode and you're like yeah. wait a minute did I not get picked because I'm not good or like do I suck at my skills? Like, am I as good as I thought I was going to be? You know, whatever. Like, should oh, I have more stuff in my portfolio? Is yeah. my website not good enough? It's you start getting questions. in your head and then it gets really toxic with yourself to, like, go back and forth all the time. But one thing that I do want to bring up because it, like, it literally triggered a memory in my brain when you were talking about, like, the questions that you ask yourself as soon as you get rejected and everything. And mm-hmm. honestly, I am very grateful that I, like, was almost thrown into some sort of form in the entertainment industry very early on in life Mm -hmm. because like literally from a very young age I was doing back and forth auditions when it came to either acting roles or modeling castings Mm -hmm. like between the edge well like acting and like whatever theater and all that came like started as early as 12 or Mm -hmm. 11 and then modeling got in when I was or came into play when I was 15 Mm -hmm. so I have been very used to getting rejected and hearing no's all the time and getting a lot of constructive criticism Mm -hmm. for like years and years and years. So at this point, when I don't get an opportunity, I'm so immune to it that I don't even ask myself the questions because I know what, like literally whatever it is, I've been told this so early when I was younger, but like more than half the time, whatever answer that you're coming up with in your head is most likely not the reason why they didn't pick you. Like, you're actually never going to know and you have to be comfortable with not knowing. So I feel like now, like, in my adult life or my early adult life, like, when I do get rejected for something, I just don't even, like, assume anything anymore. I'm just like, well, if they said no, then it's their loss. It's on to the next, I guess. Yeah. Or I just tap it into my brain. It's like, okay, well, if they said no, this wasn't the opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. That means that there's something better coming. No, for sure. And I also think having a support system because, like, all the process that I go through, like, I have some friends, some of my really, really close friends are not in the fashion industry at all. Mm -hmm. And when I told them, like, oh, like, I got an interview for this and so brand, and they were like, oh, my God, da, da, da. And they were just, like, because pretty much the I would have to move for the job. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we would come every weekend. Like, they we were so excited you. for me. Yeah, That's and then the thing. It's when, all the hype before. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when I told them, like, I didn't get the job, they were like, ah, they're lost, whatever. Yeah. Like, and it was just, I feel like that was so reassuring for me because yeah, I didn't feel like, like I didn't, I didn't feel like I lost anything. I didn't feel like I failed. Yeah. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like any of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, looking back, honestly, like, 
if I were moved, I think I'd be so like over the place. <laughs> I don't think it was the the smartest move in the world, but it was like definitely a good experience and like you know it was a good thing for me to like learn mm-hmm. because I've never really been in positions where like you've had to I relocate. Be, well, no, I've never been in a position where I would be rejected or mm. um question my skills if it was just like not me type thing like me questioning my own skills rather than like a situation making me question my skills Mm -hmm. and that was like one of the first times that I was in that position because like I grew up around people who just are not within this industry so for them like they just see this and they're like oh this is cool Mm -hmm. you know and they don't have like criticism they don't have like feedback to give Mm -hmm. me like so it's really like me having to like push myself and be like how can I do this better yeah how can I develop my skills or how can I refine my skills and whereas if you're someone who is within the industry like you have people to talk to and show them like yeah certain things and like now I'm starting to have people that I can be like oh what do you yeah, think of this like, and that but I never had that until that's the thing now. We're, we're both very lucky now that we're surrounded by quite a few people that we can literally like you know get 11 11 fe- sorry oh, wow <laughs> that we can get feedback from um but I feel like I got very lucky in the sense where like because I was involved in like theater and modeling very young I had people around me that weren't in my like immediate circle that I could go to for advice and even like in like my immediate like family or circle like my mom was a a G about it like when we were little or when I was little because even though she's never been involved in entertainment industry Mm -hmm. modeling fashion industry whatever she doesn't like she's not the most knowledgeable person about it but she's also not clueless to it like she has some sense Mm -hmm. about it and because she's the mom that she is she obviously did a fuck ton of research to be able to support her kid and Mm -hmm. something that she wanted to do so from a very little like young age like I was able to not even have to ask her for like the reassurance or the support but she was just kind of already there to be like look like, this is a very competitive industry that you're getting yourself into. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to hear a lot of rejections. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to not ask yourself questions about why they didn't pick you. It just means that we keep going until you get a yes that's significant. Yeah. And, like, she... And, again, like, I feel like with that and, like, also growing up with parents who were very big on constructive criticism and on pushing you to do better every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't... I didn't grow up with parents who, like throughout praise like it was fucking pennies like they just didn't do that which I almost am kind of grateful for now that I'm older because I feel like now when I do hear like the I'm proud of you's and like the you know like the support or whatever that I get from them from bigger things that I do and stuff or like even like little little shit you know even if it's like in their they have their own way of saying it kind of thing I'm like I've done something significant at this point I feel like they haven't, for a while, they haven't gotten to the point where, like, it's, like, a huge, like, extra, like, celebration or whatever when I've done something that I feel is big. But that's also because I think for them, like, they just know that, like, this isn't the end for me. They don't want me to get super hyped on one thing and then just stop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me in my personal life it's like the the my friends are the ones who will get like really hyped up and like make an extra big deal out of it my parents on the other hand are going to be the ones who are like this is great you've done it like good job Mm -hmm. but you know you can do better this is not the only thing one thing i've noticed and that's 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 one thing that i feel like 
I'm definitely gonna work on and I've been working on today because I'm a, I'm in my bimbo era um that <laughs> just means that I don't know why you call it that because that's what it's called mm-hmm. I don't know if you okay there's this girl on TikTok um I think her her at is G, uh, G's Cry 2 or something or real G's Cry 2 something like that her name is Fiona anyways mm-hmm. love her um, and she came up with this entire like thing called bimbofication. And honestly, I feel like I've had some of these ideas like in my brain, but I never like actually put them into use. Mm-hmm. But basically, the idea is to be pretty and delusional. That's hmm. the shortest way that I can say that. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I've noticed that like there's some people that I know who are very successful in their craft, and I'm not saying that they're not talented. That's not even the, that's not even what I'm saying. But when I tell you these people genuinely believe in what they do and like they have so much confidence, like mm-hmm. no one could tell them anything. Yeah, like, I've met people who people would be like, "Oh, they're so cocky, they're so this, they're so that," yeah. and I'd be like, "You know what? I kind of admire the, their attitude about their craft, and mm-hmm. they're successful in yeah. their craft right now, and that makes sense to me." Um, and I've even met people who also are not in the fashion industry. They just like fashion. They can't even tell you the different types of sleeves. You know what I mean? <laughs> no shade. <laughs> but they're they're literally every freaking let's I said no shade. Let's I know, it, but let's keep it cute. No, but to keep it broad, like you know, like those like bigger like lifestyle and like f- uh, quote unquote fashion like I YouTuber said. bloggers. Let's who can't cute. even tell you what a lettuce hem is and they just call it that wavy thing at the bottom of Let's the shirt keep it cute you know um, me i like being messy <laughs> yeah so there's people who don't necessarily have the knowledge or the whatever but they they have the will power to, yeah. to be in this industry and like all power to you they so, have the interest yes yeah, so what i've realized is what is in my portfolio is the best work you've ever seen all of my work is the best work that I've done. It tops it every fucking time. And the point that I'm making is whether or not that is true, mm-hmm. I'm going to make that my reality because I'm yeah. going to believe that so much. Period. And that's where I'm at right now Period. where I want to believe that every single thing that I do and every single thing that I touch turns into gold. That's where I'm at right that now. That is amazing. Because I've realized, like, even, like, look at Kanye, okay? Oh. Listen. I have my feelings about the man. He's kind of going, I don't know what's Kind going of? <laughs> Ma'am. I, I don't know what's going on with him right now. This but... man really said it's not a drill. <laughs> I did get hacked. The... <laughs> my account's not hacked. <laughs> Kanye is a talented guy. No one can deny that. No one can deny the musical talent yeah. and the lyrical, the lyrical talent. That is true. He is very talented, mm-hmm. okay? So let's say on a scale of one to ten, ta- Kanye is talented. Like maybe we'll say like nine point five. Yeah. Not to just to not say ten. Okay? Yeah. Say nine point five. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that he thinks his talent level is at twenty. More than that. Probably even. more than that. Yeah. But I feel like that belief in his craft and him being like, and not just his music, like his fashion and things like that, and him yeah, being like, like his whole image. Yeah, him being like, you know, I do this shit like. I'm really this shit. Not mm-hmm. only do I do the shit, I am the shit. Yeah. Like, that has like, added to a success. Yeah. Like him being like, I am music. Like, I really feel like he probably writes in his journal, like, I am music. I am fashion. <laughs> I am Kanye. I, I am God. Am. Like, <laughs> like God. and I'm not saying that I'm trying to be Kanye level. um, Arrogant. Arrogant or cocky. Mm-hmm. But I want to be, what I'm saying is at least with my craft, 
I want to be as cocky as Kanye. That is fair. Because that is very fair. To be honest, sometimes I sit down and I think about it, especially the Grace Jones project. It's by the time you guys listen to this, it's not gonna be out yet. Oh really? Hof- yeah, it's gonna be in May. Oh hopefully, well. yo, okay. it's been anyways, Y'all been like, sitting on this for yeah, months. For months. For it's almost like a year. Like oh by this God. it's been like a year. I know. Wow. Patience level. Okay. But for this project, I literally made a hat, bro. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many stylists are going to make a hat for you? No. There aren't many. I will. I am not one of them, so. <laughs> and we we made, like, a whole set. Like, the whole entire project, you see it, the images are beautiful, but if you saw the amount of work that we put into this, like, you wouldn't even, like, believe this. Mm-hmm. And it just all started in a thought in my head, and I had a very specific picture and how I wanted things. That's the beauty of it. And I was very anal about how I wanted things. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I sit down and I think about the amount of work that I do and the things that I will do to make sure that the the idea I have in my head is achieved. Yeah. And that gives me reassurance. And I know that I'm talented, but I think sometimes my talent level and how much I believe that I'm talented are not the same. Yeah. And I feel like it's more beneficial to believe that you're more talented than you're less talented than you actually are. Oh, 100%. And I think that this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, when you start doubting yourself as soon as you get rejected and everything. But I think Mm -hmm. that literally the one thing that cures or combats imposter syndrome is literally the whole attitude of faking it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when we were talking earlier about like, um, like the doubt that you would have of giving yourself like certain titles and stuff, depending on your skills literally before i decided to take because i didn't have any background or any training or whatever as much like apart from school with styling until i literally decided to get started in it i had nothing in a portfolio i had nothing in a portfolio i had nothing like you know like to back up the fact that i could call myself a stylist Mm -hmm. and then one day i was like you know what fuck it like people keep referring to me as like a model even though i'm a student also and i want to be called a stylist because that's what i want to do so I just literally switched the narrative and I was like, at this point, I'm going to consider myself a stylist, even if I haven't done that yet or I haven't fully dove into it yet and just go with that narrative and believe it until it becomes a real thing. And then that's literally how I started. That's when I started to really like take the ownership of like the title of stylist seriously, even if I hadn't had work to back it up yet. And I feel like once I started to believe that that's what I wanted to do and really like own that title and own that like future career path for myself yeah that's when work just kind of started coming like I did actively search for contacts for sure but it just like the first gig that I ever had was literally a commercial gig and I had nothing to back it up beforehand literally nothing I hadn't had a creative project done I hadn't had any like freelance stuff done yet the people that I knew and that I was in contact with knew that I had an eye for this and knew that like my only like portfolio was like my Instagram like styling myself yeah and friends but you know I ended up getting my first like actual gig which was a commercial gig for Saint-Avant Center Mm -hmm. and I was 19 um and that was like a whole day pulling looks and doing the whole thing for like their campaign um, which was like the fall and then holiday, uh, like the campaign images, the commercial images that were going to be like up like at the mall that yeah. were going to be on fucking bus stop signs that my friends were sending me here and there on their Instagram, mm-hmm. sponsored ads, websites, stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, like, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, like, like even that. though even though I was working, like I was basically assisting for 
a girl like we got hired together we got paid the same amount pretty much to do it so like the fact that that happened I was like and at 19 that was my first like job I was like you should be proud of yourself. I had a mini moment of imposter syndrome, but at the same time I was like you know what I deserve to be here I spoke it into existence and I knew that I had to have it at one point but I really thought before that that I was gonna have like a shitty job prior mm-hmm. or like a shitty assistant thing prior but no that was like my first like and I was like wow this is really setting the tone for like yeah it's it's kind of similar to like me as well Mm -hmm. um just people because I started fashion with designing that's always been like my thing and Mm -hmm. still kind of my thing I definitely want to yep you know I definitely want to hold that title like publicly I feel like people around me know that I do this but yeah I don't think people who just see me online know this people would see what I would post on Instagram and they could tell that I was creative, but I was not necessarily like showing my fashion or showing mm-hmm. whatever. And sometimes people would be like, Oh, I feel like you, you could style me. Like, I feel like you would be good for this. Mm-hmm. And I n- never really thought about styling people until then. Until, and you know, what's funny. My whole thing with styling people all came from uh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> funny <laughs> enough, because I felt like I was not a good enough of a designer. So I was like, the next best thing would be styling. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So for like a year, I was like convinced. I was like, I want to be That's a stylist. That's kind of similar to me too, because I wanted to be a designer until I turned 17 and I realized I don't have patience to sit behind a sewing machine for hours on yeah. end doing a collection from scratch, but I enjoyed upcycling. And then I knew that styling was like, that style or styling was a part of you know, the process of a collection, but I didn't know that until I was like 17 that it was an actual job that you can get paid to do. And this Mm -hmm. is like, this is not just like an extension of design. Like it's a whole, it's its whole separate thing. And then when I found that out, I was like, well, fuck designing. Yeah. I'm going to do that because I don't have the skill set to do a collection from A to Z. But also going back to one of the things that you said, there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear and basically Mm -hmm. the whole pop. I read the book. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish it yet. Mm -hmm. But the whole premise of the book is kind of like how to build good habits. And in the first food chapter, he talks about how in order to build your habits, you need to transform into the person who has these habits Mm. type thing. And Mm -hmm. so he gives the example of like, for example, if you're trying to quit smoking, Mm. instead of saying, I don't smoke anymore or I'm trying to stop whatever when someone offers you a cigarette you say I'm not a smoker because that just means that you're not identifying with the act of smoking Mm. and I feel like that mindset shift is really needed and that's what like one of the things that I needed to do because in order to I should give that piece of advice to a few friends of mine (laughs) who have been saying that they want to quit for the last like three years yeah because like in the in in order to be something in order to be a runner and you just have to actually sit down and be like oh, I am this person, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then take everyday actions in order to be that person. So for example, if you want to do styling, like you shouldn't wait for opportunities. Like you need to build- No, you like, have to one create thing, your own. Yeah, you need to- One of the things that you need to do is build your portfolio. Literally, and how do you build your portfolio? You, you create st- your own Yeah, you start getting on shoots- organize you organize your 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 first shoot and that's how you're gonna get there you come with your first shoot your dm photographers you find models yeah or even style yourself and shoot do some self-portraits like i don't know find something a way that's what i was doing at the beginning i was doing a lot of self-portraits and a lot of like or not self-portraits but like just styling myself and like you know i would clarify that within like the captions of my photos or like people knew like i'm not no one else is dressing me kind of thing yeah so those are ways in which like you can become the person that you're trying to be so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about you don't get the title 
because of the work that you do mm-hmm. the work that you do just kind of su- helps support the title yeah. obviously but if you introduce yourself as a stylist like no one is necessarily gonna be like no you're not like- literally <laughs> and i thought that for like a while and i was like no fuck it like i literally i have to like until i actually get work i can't just say i'm an up and coming or like i want to be a stylist it's like no because i didn't know like four years ago or whatever that like speaking things into existence or like law of attraction was like a thing but oh my god i'm fully convinced i'm fully convinced that i was literally manifesting the work that i was gonna get in the next couple years as i was literally calling myself a stylist before i even had anything i had nothing to back it up nothing but i spoke it into existence i believed that i had the title i believed that i was a stylist before i was a actual qualified stylist Mm -hmm putting that title for myself into out in the universe it all came back to me after yeah no for sure i literally have like a manifestation journal and i like (laughs) write a bunch of stuff in my manifestation journal oh my god talking about manifestation journal i'm gonna give you guys a little story of like something i wrote in my manifestation journal and it's kind of like coming true really so for the Grishons project, me and Ziggy, we had gotten FaceTime and we were talking about like working with each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. We like were really excited. And in the way that we saw this, we were like, this is going to be a big project. Like this is not just going to be some pictures on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And this is also like how I wanted it to be when I spoke to Francois and Ife. I was like, I don't want this to just be some fucking pictures on Instagram that everyone's going to forget in a few days. Yeah, I want this to feel continuous. I want this to be something that is <laughs> bless you thank you i want this to feel like something that is that has longevity right yeah because i feel like with social media we have a short attention attention spam and i absolutely and i don't want my projects i don't want to work so hard for my projects for them to just pay attention to it for a day and then it yeah, just sits there not on even your feed. a day like 30 minutes and it's yeah, just and whatever it sits there on your feed you know we worked on the project and things and obviously the with the, the restrictions and the lockdowns that were happening it was kind of hard to even shoot so we were planning to shoot i believe in like march or something or we spoke in march i think we were planning to shoot right before the summer and then boom the lockdown happened so our plan was to shoot this is 2021 just to clarify yeah this is 2021 our plan was to shoot before may because we wanted to publish the actual shoot in may on Mm -hmm. her birthday Mm. that was the plan Oh, okay. so that's why it's coming out in May of this listen, year. Listen, okay. listen. So that was the plan. Yeah. Shuts not happen, whatever. We can't shoot anymore. Because um, it was like a second lockdown in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Cool. So <laughs> we, I was just like, damn. Like, I was so sad because the, the way that we planned this was very much for that, like, date. And it only makes sense for it to be published on that date, right? Mm. But whatever, we we're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll have more time to refine our ideas, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we do all that, we refine our ideas. I I was able to finish the hat. Like there was so much stuff that like details wise that came we were, together that we were able to kind of put together. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to July, we shoot all day. It was like 12 hour shoot, really fun. It was just like a very good time. And we had in the team to stephanie jones which is a makeup artist amazing Mm -hmm. and we had um ryan which is a photographer and photographer in ottawa Mm -hmm. and he was taking videos extremely talented by the way we love ryan we love ryan (laughs) (laughs) he's iconic yeah so 
I kind of got him kind of last minute because we wanted to do some reels and he was so down for the project he came like and it was the first time that I met him in real life this is why I like Ryan <laughs> so much last minute like if he's if he's on board with the project he will do it yeah um it was kind of last minute because like all of us were kind of everyone else was kind of in the project like for a while yeah but he was kind of came maybe like two weeks before or something because mm-hmm. we finally set a date um so we shoot whatever things are cool and then you know the project kind of it didn't die out but it was just kind of like we all got busy so it was like the editing thing and whatever like it kind of took time and mm-hmm. we were kind of like we'll just take our time it's whatever like we'll post him when we'll post it at this point mm-hmm. so fast forward to like at this point it's maybe like in the winter right before the winter mm-hmm. we try to get it published because the pictures got edited and stuff and also had shown me the pictures we also had um some bts and stuff mm-hmm. and i gave Francois some feedback on how i wanted the pictures same thing with ryan when he showed me the videos and they went back to ed- re-editing mm-hmm. i know i'm that girl i'm so <laughs> sorry guys i love you stills um i just i was looking for something very specific mm-hmm. so they go back into editing and then fast forward to like a couple months l- ago so that right now we're in february so that would have been maybe like december november Mm -hmm. um we try to get it published didn't work out um to with one magazine and then francois was like it it might be the name of the editorial because i think he named him like grace jones or whatever Mm. and so he's like we need to figure out a name i was like fuck call ife i'm like we need to figure out a name (laughs) we're like looking stuff and i'm like oh my god what's her i'm like looking her name and stuff and i'm like does she have a middle name so we ended up calling it beverly beverly 1979 if i'm not mistaken Mm. and the reason why we call it that is because she started her career in 79 i might be wrong with that but whatever whatever year she started her career is the year that we chose Mm -hmm. so it's beverly 1979 Mm -hmm. we submit it we get it published boom so me i'm thinking because Fosso told me like yeah we got published we got we got in whatever and he's like, I think it should be published in, in February. So me, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, we're going to finally post it in February, right? And then I texted him. And I was like, when in February? He's like, oh, so actually the editorial will be out like in the magazine in February, I believe. But we just cannot post it until like April. Wow. And I was like, bruh, is this serious? <laughs> like, And then I was like, oh my God, we can just post it in May. And wait. So that it was posted on the original yeah, day that you planned it. Yeah, on the original it. that we planned. And I literally wrote in my manifestation journal that we, oh, we posted on her birthday, da 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 Like, I wrote, like, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the way that things are rolling out, I'm not going to say everything that I wrote until it's happened. Mm-hmm. But the way that things are rolling out, it seems like it's going to go the way that I've written it. That's crazy. It's kind of insane. Let me get into my manifesting oh my journaling bag. Literally, I, I do journal every day, but like it's more of like a structured like gratitude like format. Literally, what I do for manifestation is more so scripting. Mm. So it's basically like you write things how you want them to 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 go type thing. Yeah. So get like a like, story almost. Yeah, like like as if you're journaling. So you write it in the present. I don't know how you journal, but like it's like a diary. You write it in the present, but mm-hmm. you're talking about something that you want to manifest within your own life type thing. Yeah, I need to start doing that. So get yourself like a journal. I prefer getting a separate journal because I feel like sometimes... Yeah, no, I can't use this one because this is like literally like... Oh, you have the five minute journal Yeah, like one. it's laid out for you kind of thing. Like I have like... I have some empty pages in here that like I can use that are like meant for notes. But like I was going to use it to just word vomit anyways. Mm-hmm. So I could probably... 
but start with that. The reason why I use because I also have a a journal which my all the journals that I have are like just blank pages. So I just write. Sometimes I draw. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The reason why I use two different things is because I feel like sometimes I'll write about like things that I realize trauma da 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 on my journal, and I don't want that same energy to live in my manifestation journal. Mm. So I decided to have separate things because i want to make sure that when i'm opening my journal or when i'm opening my manifestation journal i should say i'm putting intention to manifest i don't know i just feel like everything's energy and i just don't want the energies to mix is what i'm trying to say okay so i would recommend to do the same okay i will make note of that and buy myself a blank paged um journal yeah and also put affirmation in my manifestation yeah that's a big thing too like writing it down and making it like a concrete thing so that it actually yeah. like gets put out there and like you like you know how people always say like the best way to start an idea is to write it down first like that's the first step that you do to anything like if you have a business plan or mm-hmm. like whatever like write everything down same thing for like what you want and like your manifestations or what how you want to live like how you want to how you want to be write it down because then yeah. it just makes it more real and it's yeah. there it's on paper you know and it help. i think it holds you accountable too because it does i feel like Obviously, you can't just manifest without, like, doing the work type thing, For right? sure. And that's and the first step to it. I think also manifestation has really helped me with dealing with my imposter syndrome. Because I think one thing that imposter syndrome does is it kind of stops you from seeing and visioning this, like, something big type thing. Mm. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I feel like because you you think that you shouldn't have this amount of success or whatever the case may be. Yeah. For example, this podcast. We'll take this podcast, for example, mm-hmm. right? We both deal with imposter syndrome like everyone else. Yes. Because of that, we might have limiting limiting beliefs. That's the word I was looking for. Limiting beliefs on how the success of the podcast could potentially be, mm-hmm. right? Our podcast could be number one in Canada. I don't really know how, like, Honestly, ratings and stuff. Yeah, work. I don't know how the ratings work for podcasts, but I do know for a fact, especially, like, after what happened yesterday. Yeah. After what happened yesterday, you guys are not going to know this yet, but just know season two is going to be just elevated. <laughs> but in 2022, in 2022, I'm elevating. <laughs> just know season two is going to be a whole production. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be seasoning. It's going to be season two. We'll have seasoning. We'll have spice. We'll have flavor. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. But, um, I think that like, especially after the conversation that we had yesterday and what happened yesterday in general, like for the future of this podcast, I'm putting it out there now. Like I do not see this thing failing at all. I don't see this thing. I don't see it having like a, a, a fucking like one hit wonder effect Mm -hmm. i really feel like the two seasons that we already have like kind of like planned out well i mean season one is done by the time that you guys are listening to this now that we have like the two first seasons that are pretty much like concrete and like in the works i feel like we can really only move up from here yeah and and i just do have like we're really putting in the work, yeah. right? And it's and not... we really enjoy this too. That's the thing. We're not just doing this for like the possible AdSense and the sponsorships and like the yeah. checks and the exposure. It's like we're doing this because we meant to create a platform that had this kind of candid conversation because we no one else is doing something like we're doing now. That we know of. That we know of. But I'm going to go ahead and confidently say that I don't think anyone else <laughs> is doing this right now. 
I just I'm excited for the things to come and I'm uh I'm really trying to put like heavy intention on like not having imposter syndrome especially when it comes to this because I feel like this is like our baby and like I don't want to ever doubt the possibilities that it has so that it risks fucking anything up. Yeah. I think I think it's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is it's, it's going to happen. There's just ways to deal with it and yeah. I think at least for me, I know that like my mindset for this year in terms of my craft is a lot more is a lot more it's a lot different. Like for example, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I got this opportunity to write a piece. If you don't know, I love I've been writing, I love to write. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and I've never seen myself as a poet or a writer, whatever. I just wrote words and sometimes I would post them online. Yeah. And the person who reached out to me had seen some stuff that I've written and she was like, Oh, we're working on this like um collection of poems and we would love for you to write the piece for it and i was like oh my god what the-? but then i sat down and i thought about it and i was like you know what i am a fucking writer i am a fucking poet like let's mm-hmm. let me let me pat myself in the back yes i am a fucking poet and it makes sense for them to reach out to me because what i write is good it's very right? good um and i think one way to not <laughs> to to deal with imposter syndrome is realizing that the opportunities that you get are good because there's a thousand and there's so many there's a reason why you got them yeah and even if you don't believe it in the moment like literally the whole fake it till you make it concept is so real it's so real that goes with your confidence your work everything i don't even like the idea of faking it till you make it because what you're doing is very real and the reason why people appreciate are very real the opportunities that you get are very real Mm -hmm. so you actually genuinely need to believe that what you're doing is real yeah. because at some okay, point okay i guess fake it till you make it sound the best way of of like putting it out there because it's a very old expression but like almost like literally convincing yourself of your truth yeah is or, the best way to do it it's convincing yourself of something that is not a reality yet so it can become your truth true right yeah because whatever reality that you want like say you want to be a fucking successful um we want to become successful podcasters. We just have to believe and we have to act like our podcast is already successful that's in order for it blowing to be up. the truth. That it's already hitting at the top of the charts. Exactly. That it's already five stars every episode that we release. Yeah, wink, wink. Our <laughs> audience just so happens to give us five star every time. And comments down below and is engaging every single video that we have and sends it to a friend their grandmas and their exes stop saying that (laughs) you need to stop saying this shit i know this is the second episode guys but i promise you she mentions this every single time we have a fucking outro um i just i just i'm in my i'm in my bimbo era yeah but like under that i'm in my toxic era (laughs) but don't listen to me (laughs) um oh i guess two, 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 oh two. my god <laughs> guys the angel numbers are everywhere i guess to finish off this episode mm-hmm. i would like to know how do you deal with imposter syndrome yeah or what would you tell your i hate asking that i hate that question <laughs> don't ask me that question i can ask you that question though what <laughs> so you permit yourself to ask me this question but i can't return the question you can you. return the question but you want like my answer oh fine i'll ask you a different question but anyways continue um what would you tell your younger self who was dealing with imposter syndrome? Because the right time, now, yeah, you are not dealing with imposter syndrome. No, okay? I'm really not. That's not your truth. Um, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. Um, I think that I would tell. Have you ever heard that expression "abonateur salut"? No. Oh my god, that's my favorite thing <laughs> to say in church. Heard that before. 
oh my god and Trish they'll say something a little shady like oh if you don't pray what how do you expect God to, to work in your life and then oh. they'll be like à mon entendeur salut and then like the, the, everyone says salut <laughs> I've never heard that before. I, I grew up going to Roman Catholic church. We never had any little Yo, shady sly comments. Like I, I grew up in a in French church, bro. Oh. So this 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 was the vibe. Um, I don't even know how to translate that in English. What yeah. I just said, but if you the girls, I get it, get it. If you don't, then that was not that's for you. okay. Um, but yeah, I think that I would tell my eighteen year old self who was really suffering from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I would just tell her, honestly, girl. You made it this far for a reason. You're at this school for a reason. You really need to stop comparing yourself to every single one of your classmates and your new friends that you're making because one, comparison is a thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And you know that you've been wanting to be here for a while and you're enjoying your time and you want to continue enjoying your time. Mm -hmm. And also like pace yourself because literally you just started. You just got there and you have no idea yet that it's about to get so much better and you have no clue how happy you're going to be in the next five years when you see where you're at since the day you started. So I would just be like, listen, don't overthink your future because honestly, your school experience is going to go by way faster than you think it it Mm -hmm. will and you're going to miss it so much when it's done and you're going to be so grateful for everything that you've learned, the friends that you made. And the profs that you had who have taught you so much in the mm-hmm. last three years or in the upcoming three years. So I would just, I would honestly just tell her to pace herself yeah, and to not be in her head as much. Cause I used to do that a lot. I like that. I'm trying to think of a question that I could ask you because I don't want to return the same question. No, I want to come up with something original. Okay. I'm not going to ask you about your past self. I'm going to ask you more so for your future self slash your present self. Okay. How do you feel like? moving forward from today on that you are going to kind of take like what preventative measures do you feel like you're going to take or like combating measures as it's going on that you're going to take with imposter syndrome when it comes up i like this question that was cute oh my god okay interviewer god damn okay oprah shit (laughs) um (laughs) i don't even know why the fuck you guys would be listening to this podcast because we're actually so like like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my no, god! You- oh no! I can't believe I did that on the mic. Oh, that's funny. I know we're keeping that in too because you're doing the editing. So, <laughs> fuck me. Um. So to answer your question, I mm-hmm. think obviously my bimbo era shit is really working for me. Um. And I just I'm gonna be more delusional. Mm. I I'm genuinely gonna believe that I'm the best at everything that I do. Um, and I've been doing that lately with my friends sometimes. They'll be like, oh, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I don't really care if they find this annoying. Um, I just feel like, oh my God, I have a theory. I think black women, and I'm just saying black women because I'm a black woman. Don't come for me. Okay? Mm-hmm. Listen before you talk. Yeah. Shit. I think that black women should stop being humble. I generally mm. feel like, and I'm talking specifically because I'm a black woman, We've been humble so much and like being humble has just never done anything for us. And I think about a lot of people who are on top who are not black women. They're not humble. They're not humble at all. I just feel like people of color, black people, we should be less humble because that just does not bring us. And this is just my theory. Don't really listen to me because I'm just one person in this world and I'm young and shit and I just believe stupid shit. Yeah. But for now, 
at the age that I am now in the place that I am now, I'm generally going to be less humble in the sense that like, I'm going to believe that I'm, and, and like when people compliment you for like your craft, I'm going everywhere. When people compliment <laughs> you for your craft and they're like, oh, I love this. Like, instead of just giving explanations on why it's not that great, and, rah, 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 and then just, and say, just say thank you. Thank you. Just say, you know what? I know that was pretty good, right? I appreciate you for yeah. that. You know, like just, oh, uh, yeah, I have a really hard time doing that too, but I'm, I've been getting better and I am determined to be so much better at just literally saying thank you, you I, or what? like being like, I know. I'm in a I'm spot proud where of me too. <laughs> I'm in a spot where I'm just like, yeah, I, I know that was great. And honestly, it's that's the thing. To some people, it's gonna sound arrogant, but it's like no, like you're giving me the validation, you're giving me the compliment. So why should I be giving myself the same validation that you're giving me? Yeah, and I'm just validating what you just said. Period. <laughs> I think that's gonna end it off for this episode. I think this is gonna be one of our shorter ones. We're launching the trailer in five minutes. Literally in five minutes. So um, I'm sure you've watched it by now, but if you haven't what the fuck are you doing and also if you have rewatch it again and yeah we love you yeah we love you all we're very appreciative that you guys are coming on this ride with us and i hope that you enjoy the rest of the episodes that are to come and that you enjoyed this one but again like bernie mentioned engage you know with us on this episode tell us how or what was the most recent time that you felt like you've had imposter syndrome and how you're wanting yeah, to combat talk it to us, now. Talk to us. Um, we'll post some stuff on Instagram. So definitely don't be afraid to comment to be part of this conversation. And yeah, we'll always see you very, very soon. Next month, pretty much. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening in on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And you can find us on all platforms at the fashion Fopa podcast and find us individually at yasisaya on instagram and king bernie with two e's at the end on instagram everything will be linked in the show notes below make sure to subscribe and give us a review and we'll see you guys on the next one